Hello, everybody. Welcome once again. This is our Bible study group. Um, and today we are going to be, um, we are on our um, session nine. Session yes. nine of um, John's Gospel. We've been studying John's Gospel. We are on chapter six from verse 41 to 71. That's what we'll be studying today. And uh, today's title, we have, um, have entitled it, I am the bread of life. So this is the title of our today's um, um, session, I am the bread of life. Chid, welcome. Thanks for joining us. Right. Um, so we're going to start by just, you know, helping us to um, recollect what we studied at the last session. In our last session, we saw how Jesus told the disciple, that is the people that were following him and people that were listening. Thank you. Right. As I was saying, in our last session, we saw how Jesus um, told the people to stop asking for miracles, you no know, miraculous signs. The only reason they, you know, they want to be with him was because he fed them. This is what Jesus told them. The only reason they're following him is because he's fed them. And then he says, but don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. Don't be so concerned about perishable things like food. He told them to spend their energy seeking the internal life that the son of man can give them. So when the people brought up the argument about Moses feeding their ancestors in the wilderness through the uh, miraculous signs of the manna from heaven, they then said to Jesus, show us a miraculous sign if you want us to believe in you. Jesus said to them, I tell you the truth. Moses didn't give you bread from heaven. My father did. And now he offers you the true bread from heaven. The true bread of God is the one who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. When they asked Jesus to give them this bread every day, Jesus replied, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry again. Whoever, whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Then, you know, when Jesus speaks of, um, of uh, um, life, of being thirsty, he's speaking about spiritual things, but the people are speaking of physical things. So let's read our script for today, which is from John chapter 6. So that was a summary of the previous um, areas we looked at. When Jesus, you know, multiplied the loaf of bread. So this was what the people were talking about. So verse, that is um, John chapter 6 from verse 1. I will read it for a while. And then here we go. Verse, verse 41 says, the Jews then complained about him because he said, I am the bread which comes down from heaven. And they said, it's not this. Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know. How is it then that he says, I have come down from heaven? 
Jesus therefore answered and said to them, do not murmur among yourselves. No one can come to me unless the father who sent me draws him and I will raise him up at the last day. It is written in the prophets and they shall be taught by God. Therefore, everyone who has heard and learned from father comes to me. Not that anyone has seen the father except he who is from God. He has seen the father. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life. I am the bread of life. Your father ate the manners in, in the wilderness and they are dead. This is the bread which comes from heaven, which, come, which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live. However, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh, which I shall give for the life of the world, for the life of the world. So the first thing we should be asking ourselves is, the first question is, uh, you know, what is the significance of bread in the scriptures? What is the significance of bread in the scriptures? You know, in the book of, uh, let's turn to the book of Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Let's have a look at that scripture. Right. Deuteronomy chapter 8. I will read from verse 2, although the verses I actually want is from verse 3, but I'll just read from verse 2. And you shall remember that the Lord your God led you all the way, all, this, uh, all the way these 40 years in the wilderness to humble you and test you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandment or not. So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger and fed you with manna, which you did not know, nor did your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, that man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So this is what, you know, what, the, what, what God is saying to the Israelites. In this scripture, Moses said to the Israelites, God allowed your soul, your soul and your flesh, your body to hunger for physical food, to hunger for physical food before he then provided manna from heaven to satisfy your soulish hunger. To satisfy your soulish hunger, okay? Just like your soul hungers for physical food. This is what Moses was saying to the Israelites. Just like your, you know, physical body hungers for physical bread, physical bread itself. Your spiritual soul, that is your soulish man, is also hungry for his own spiritual food. He's so hungry for his own spiritual bread. And this, and, and, you know, his spiritual bread is the word of God. His spiritual bread is the word of God. You know, sometimes we tend to neglect the aspects of our life, the spiritual aspect of our life, and just focus on the physical side, 
So these are the same words Jesus used to reply to the devil when his flesh lusted for physical bread after his uh, fasting. And the devil came and tempted him to turn stones into bread if he is truly the son of God. Jesus replied by saying, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is uh, Matthew chapter four, verse four. So man is made up of three parts. We have the spirit, we have the soul, and we have the outside body. Okay. So while the soul and the body and um, parts of man are lusting for physical bread. So what Moses was saying to the people in the wilderness is, uh, don't forget to feed the spiritual man who is also hungering for his own bread which is the word of God, which is the word of God. So our usual pattern is we feed the physical man and forget to feed the spiritual, okay? The spiritual man is own spiritual food. This is the reason Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, that is physical bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. Okay. So if you want to be the complete human being, you know, God created you to be, you need to nourish all the three parts, all the three different aspects of man, which with their different nutrients, with their different nutrients. Okay. Let's have a, a look at um, John chapter one from verse 1 to 2. John chapter 1, from verse 1 to 2. And it tells us, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. So verse 14 tells us, and the Word became flesh and dealt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. Okay, so Jesus is the word that became flesh. He is the word that became flesh. And if we have a look at um, John chapter 6, that is uh, verse 48, Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the bread of life. Verse 50, this is the bread which comes down from heaven that one may eat of it and not die. That is spiritual death. So what Jesus is talking about here and referring to is our spiritual man. Is our spiritual man. He is the bread. So his word is the bread. His, his being is the bread. He is the bread that the father has given mankind. Okay. So as we go on, you will, you will start to understand it a bit better. So in his beatitude, when Jesus gave the beatitude in, uh, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Jesus said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. Our spirit man is hungering for righteousness. Is hungry for righteousness. So our spirit man is the aspect of God that is in us. Okay. Remember, 
when God created Adam, he breathed an aspect of himself. We have God's light in us. We have an aspect of God's light. You know, God is light. His essence is light. Okay. And there's a bit of that light that we came out of him. That came out of him. So we have a bit of God in us. This is why the scripture says we are gods. We are gods because we came out of God. We came out of God. So that aspect of God that is in us is what is hungering for righteousness because God is righteous. Our physical part, our soulish part, our mind, our flesh sinned against God because God said the soul that sinned will die. Although the fleshy part of us, our soulish part, is dead to God, is separated from God, but there's still a spark of light of God that is in us, no matter how dark our soul is. So it is this spark of light in us that hungers for righteousness. It's a bit of God that is in us that is hungering for God. Okay, do you understand that? Okay, so this is why Jesus said in his beatitude, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness. So the righteousness we are hungering for is the bit of God, the light of God that is in us, no matter how sinful we are, no matter how dark we are, you know, in our life and sinning in our life, we still have that consciousness, that bit of God that is in us that will keep on hungering for the things of God. It will keep on hungering for the things of God. So this is what Jesus is saying. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. They shall be filled. So our spiritual man is hungering for righteousness. Jesus is the righteousness of God. He is the righteousness of God. He is the word of God that have come down from heaven to feed to feed our spiritual man that have been starved of spiritual life. Our spiritual man has been starved of spiritual life. That spark of God, that light of God that is in us has been starved of God's life. Okay? God's life. So only Jesus can give us the spiritual bread. Only he can give us the spiritual bread, which is the word of God. Only he can quench this spiritual hunger in our spirit man, in our spirit man. So even the Lord's prayer, you know, the prayer the Lord taught his disciples. He said, he instructed them, as he also instructs us, to ask the Father in heaven for our daily bread. This is uh, Matthew 6 verse 11. He says, give us this day our daily bread. More or less, what Jesus is asking us to do is to ask the Father to help us feed our spirit man with his word every day. With his word every day. But the problem is, <laughs> when people say this prayer, and they say that give us our, you know, give us every day our daily bread, we tend to think it's physical bread. We tend to think it's things we eat to sustain this. God is not interested in your physical life. He wants you, first of all, to awaken that dead spirit. That's part of him that is in you. That part of him that is in you. He wants you to awaken it, to remove the darkness that is in it, 
So that spirit can reconnect to the father. And then when you have reconnected to the father, the father will then see to your physical needs. Okay. He will see to your physical needs. This is why he tells us in Matthew chapter 6, 33, seek you first the kingdom of God. Kingdom of God, you know, or the kingdom of heaven. It means seek you first the things of the spirit. God is spirit. God is spirit. So we cannot keep focusing on physical things <laughs> and distancing ourselves away from spiritual things. It will not work. That means we, we, we will continue to be groveling in darkness. That's what it is. Because when you don't have God in your life, when you don't have the spirit of God in your life, you are dead. You are, you are in darkness. You have no life. Physical life is not life. The real life is the spiritual life. And when you reconnect, rekindle that God's light in you, then you can start living life. Then you can say you are alive. Because God is life. And in him alone can we have life. So this is what Jesus is saying. You know, we, are, we should ask the Father to give us our daily bread. Our daily bread is the word of God that feeds our spirit man. Meanwhile, as we are seeking to sustain our physical flesh, our soulish flesh, we should also be seeking to sustain the spiritual part of us. The spiritual part of us. Okay. So in verse 47, Jesus said to the people, Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me has everlasting life, has everlasting life. And in verse 48, he says, I am the bread of life. That is, I am that bread that will give you that everlasting life. I am that bread that will give you that everlasting life. Eh? So what is everlasting life? Everlasting life is life immortality. Life immortality. And what is, what is immortality? Okay. Immortality means that you have overcome death. Okay. It is death that makes us mortals. If you overcome death, then therefore you become immortal. You become immortal because it is the spirit of death that takes our natural life. It's the spirit of death that makes us mortals. Okay. So Jesus reminded these, those Jews he was talking to that their ancestors they ate the manna in the wilderness and they died. They died. That is the manna, you know, the manna bread they ate in the wilderness did not give them everlasting life. They ended up dead, you know, so they didn't have everlasting life. But he's saying to them now in verse 50, you know, he went on to say, this is the bread which comes down from heaven. Okay. The bread means, heaven actually means spiritual world. The spiritual world, that's what heaven means. You know, remember in Genesis, uh, I think in Genesis um, chapter 1, verse 1, where God said in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. What that means, actually, this, that's a totally new revelation the Lord gave me on that. You know, the heavens and the earth means the spiritual 
world and the natural world. And that is a totally different thing that we think. One day I will teach on that. It's a totally thing what we think. <laughs> God help us. So as I was saying, in verse 50, he went on to say, this is the bread which comes down from heaven, that one may eat of it and not die, and not die. So what he's come down to give us is spiritual life. He came down to give us spiritual life. Because he is spirit. He came down from heaven to give us that life he himself gave us originally before sin put us in this uh, physical world that is a prison. Okay. So in 51, he then says, I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I shall give is my flesh. The bread that I should give is my flesh, which I should give for the life of the world. Which I should give for the life of the world. What is Jesus saying to us here? Remember, bread is what we eat to give nourishment to our physical body. So without physical nourishment, we will starve to death. We will starve to death. Remember what I said before, man is not just the physical part you see alone. Man also has a spiritual part. Jesus is saying, Jesus is saying he is the spiritual bread that will feed our spiritual body and give us spiritual life. You know, so he is that bread that have come down from the spiritual world. Heaven means spiritual, means spiritual. He is the spiritual bread that will nourish our spiritual man. And in, in part of verse 51, is, so he is the spiritual bread that will nourish our spiritual man. And in part 51, Jesus said, if anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. And the bread that I should give is my flesh. He said, the bread that I should give is my flesh, which I should give for the life of the world. For the life of the world. Okay. So when Adam sinned against God, a curse of death was placed on Adam's life and on the rest of mankind. Okay. In Ezekiel, in Ezekiel chapter 18, verse 20, he says, The soul who sin shall die. The soul who sin shall die. So death has been working itself on man's flesh because of sin. And it works itself through man's flesh, through sicknesses, diseases, accidents, and incidences. This is how death operates in our lives. So the bread that I should give, Jesus said, the bread that I should give is my flesh. Is my flesh, which I should give for the life of the world. For the life of the world. And he did this at the cross of Calvary. He did this at the cross of Calvary. He died that curse of death. He died that curse of death for us on our behalf. The third day he rose from the grave, defeating death. So this is how he gave his flesh for the world. His flesh represented our own flesh, our own soul that sinned against God, 
So the punishment that was meant for our flesh, our soul, was placed on Jesus. God placed it on Jesus instead of on us. Okay, so this is what Jesus meant, that he is the bread. Because when he gave his flesh for our punishment, we received his righteousness. We received his righteousness because he was sinless. He was sinless. So, he, you know, on the third day, he rose from the grave, defeating death. Now he is telling us, if anyone believes in him, they will live. If anyone believes in him, if anyone puts their faith in him, they will live. Therefore, he will give us that spiritual bread, that his flesh that have died for us, so we can eat and have spiritual life and have the life of God in us. So in verse 53, Jesus said, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. And verse 54 says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has internal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Verse 55, for my flesh is food indeed, and my blood is drink indeed. And then verse 56 says, he who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I in him. And verse 57 says, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father, so he who feeds on me will live because of me. He who feeds on me, okay? So he who feeds on the word of God, he who feeds on the word of Jesus, because as you are feeding on the word of Jesus, his, his, the, the nourishment in his word, remember Jesus said his word is spirit and it is life. The nourishment for our spirit, our spirit will be nourished, our spirit the darkness in our spirit will be removed because of the life that have now come in through the word of Jesus. And as we continue to feed on his word, we continue to feed on his word. Remember, the Bible tells us the word became flesh. The word became flesh. So his flesh is the word. And it is that flesh that he went to the cross to receive our punishment because a flesh has to be punished. So Jesus became that flesh. He is also the word, the word of God. Okay. So the, the, his flesh replaced our flesh that have not, that was dead. It was dead in trespasses. It was dead in sin. So in order for our own flesh to come to life, we need to eat the flesh of Jesus that have now given us life because he defeated death. On the third day, he rose again. Therefore, he defeated death. So therefore, death have no, you know, has no control over our life anymore if we agree with Jesus. And if we agree, not just agreeing, you need to also you know, function in that agreement. You need to also you know, live your life according to that agreement. It's an agreement you're coming in with Jesus. You are, you know, you are aligning yourself 
with your, your, your flesh that have now died at the cross, with the flesh of Jesus that have risen up and defeated death, now he has life in him. So when you put your own flesh with him by coming into agreement with him, agreeing with what he has done for you, then you live, you will have life. Not just have life, you will have life everlasting. You will have immortal life. But there is conditions to this life. You need to abide by the word of God. You need to agree and act and function, you know, by the word of God. The word of God is going to be the guide that will guide your life. Because any pararam, any movement out of that alignment, the devil will get you again. And then death will come back. Okay. So this is what the Lord is saying to us. He says, whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life. And I will raise him up at the last day, at the last day. That means when you do die, when this flesh is removed, your spiritual life that has been living in this world, according to God's rules, according to God's plans, will then be raised up and be where Jesus is. This is what he's saying. This is what he's saying. Okay. So in verse uh, 56, he says, who eats my flesh and drinks my blood abides in me and I will abide in him. Okay. Because when we continue to meditate on the word of God, you know, meditation, meditation is actually, meditation is actually, you know, just chewing the word. Meditation is just chewing the word. Meditation, feeding on the word. So verse 57, as the living father sent me and I live because of the father. So he who feeds on me will live because of me. Okay, so we need to feed on the word. The bread is Jesus, Jesus's body. That's what that is. So that was, you know, that was punished for our healing. His bread, his body was punished for our healing. His blood was shed for our sins. Like now, when we have a look at Isaiah, you know, Isaiah the prophet tells us in Isaiah 53, from verse five, from verse four to five, surely he has borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we esteemed him stricken smitten by God and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him. And by his stripes, we are healed. By his stripes, we are healed. It was not just a physical disease and sicknesses that Jesus healed. He also healed us from, you know, from spiritual death. That is death from separation from God. He also healed us from that. So that is the reason he is the spiritual bread we should feed on. He is the spiritual bread we should feed on. And this is the reason at the Last Supper, you know, he gave his disciples the following instructions. You know, what, what Jesus demonstrated to his disciples at the Last Supper is a prophetic action. 
Let's have a look at it. Matthew chapter 6, Matthew 26. I will read from verse 26 to 28. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. And it says, verse 26, And as they were eating, Jesus took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to the disciples and said, Take it. This is my body. Then he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you. For this is my body of the new covenant, which is shed. This is my blood. For this is my blood of the new covenant, which is shed for many for the remission of sin. Okay? For the remission of sin. So what Jesus is doing here, he is, he is, he made a new covenant with his disciples at the Last Supper, because the old covenant God made with Abraham. Okay, and remember, in that covenant, God instructed Abraham to kill some animals, because every covenant has to be sealed in blood. Okay, so. Jesus now is making a new covenant. It's no longer the Abrahamic covenant that the Jews were under. Now he is making a new covenant with them. And that covenant was sealed in his own blood. In his own blood. Okay. So that day was the day the church was born. The day at the last supper was the day Jesus made a covenant with his disciples who then went on to, you know, to form the church. So this is the church is made, the covenant he has made with the New Testament believers, that covenant. So what's, and, and the same instructions he also gave to Apostle Paul. This is a revelation. Apostle Paul received this revelation through the Spirit. So let's have a look at Second Corinthians, 1 Corinthians, 1 Corinthians chapter 11, 1 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. Okay, and I'll read, it says, For I received from the Lord that which I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the same night in which he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, Take it, this is my body which is broken for you, do this in remembrance of me. In the same manner, he also took the cup after supper, saying, this, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. Okay. For as often as you eat this bread, and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. You proclaim the Lord's death till he comes. So the essence of communion is to for us to take it regularly. And as we take it, we remember what Jesus did for us. We remember that he gave his flesh for the world. He says that that symbol of that bread is his body, the body we are supposed to take. And as we take it, we are remembering how he suffered, how he was bruised, how he was humiliated, okay, on that cross for you and I. 
Okay. And if you are a Christian, and when you take communion, and you do not feel the impact of that communion on you, something is wrong with you. Something is wrong. So you need to kneel down and beg God for forgiveness. Because he suffered for you. He went through pain for you. He died for you. And if you call yourself a Christian, you read your scriptures and it doesn't mean anything to you. You know that you're still deep in darkness. You need to continue to beg God for forgiveness. You need to ask God to shine his light on your spirit because your spirit is in darkness. Because some people take this communion as if it doesn't mean anything. It's just, you know, ritual. It's not a ritual. It's a very powerful spiritual thing. Let me read what Paul said further on in these scriptures. He says, therefore, whoever eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty of the blood and will be guilty of the body and the blood of the Lord. He then went on to say, but let a man examine himself. And so let him eat of the bread and drink of the cup. For he who eats and drinks in an unworthy manner eats and drinks judgment to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. For this reason, many are weak and sick among you, and many sleep. Sleep in the sense that they die. They die of sickness. The body of the Lord is supposed to heal us because that's why he went to that cross. If you take communion as if you're just taking a ritual, you have, this is what the scripture says. You're bringing judgment on yourself. You're bringing judgment on yourself. Okay. So this is our session for today. And this is what the Lord wanted me to express to people. You know, our, our faith our, it's not a religion, it's a relationship with God. And if you don't have that relationship, that means your soul is still in darkness. So what you need to do, Jesus said he is the bread that have come down from heaven. The bread is his word. He said his word has got life, it is his spirit. So if you really meditate on the word, you're not just feeding your spirit, but you're also dispersing the darkness that is in your soul, in your intellect, in your mind, in your flesh. Okay. And as you continue to do that, you try your best not to live in sin because there's no point to doing all this and you're still sinning. There's no point because what it means that darkness have not been shifted. You need to, if you want to truly know God and allow the spirit of God in you to grow and reconnect with the father that gave you life. You need to live according to his word. That's what he says. You need to live according to his words. And communion is very important. Communion connects us with the spirit of Jesus. He's in us and we are in him. Okay. Praise God. 
Hallelujah. 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 Okay, we can unmute now. Yeah, you can unmute now. Right. We have come to the end of uh, this session nine of our Bible study. So I'm going to um, stop the recording now and then we can.